Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's about 8.30 on a Thursday night. Feeling like a Friday, though. Friday Junior? That's what you always it say. It is Friday Junior. I think junior. I said Friday Junior to someone on, on a message today. I was like, hey, how you doing today? Sue, Suru. I, I saw her on Facebook. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Things good? She's like, yeah, things good. I'm like, things are effing good. Friday Junior. And I was like, I feel like you when I did that. <laughs> I'm glad I rubbed off on you a little bit. A little bit. Hey, everyone. It's Amanda. And I'm sitting in my bed because we are recording from home this evening, this Friday Junior. And I've got a glass of wine. So before you get into your wine, what do you think about March break not being in March anymore? I think it's bullshit. Why is it bullshit? Well, all right can then. You, maybe you, can, maybe is... you should uh, let people even know what the hell I'm talking about. For anyone in Ontario, you know that... But for uh, anyone that doesn't the, have kids. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, what, what the, the fuck? What's March the break? The kids um, in certain regions of Ontario have already been back in class here in Toronto. They're going back in class uh, Tuesday because Monday's a holiday here. It's family day weekend. And um, today it was announced that they will not have their usual break in March. Um, So March break is still happening. It's just being postponed until April. Um, So they'll have Easter weekend. They'll go back to school for four days, then they'll have April break. The reason I said it's bullshit is I feel that it's very much... um, it, it just it what seems very the... coincidental that just recently I've been hearing about this definite and aggressive third wave that's going to be happening here in Ontario in April. So it feels like this is just, you know, preparing us to send the kids home again and, and not, not take them back, back again and uh, virtual learning until the end of the year. What was the rationale? Just out of curiosity for the uh, the government to be like, yo, I didn't watch the April. announcement, but um, I know that I had heard people talking about the fact that, you know, they've been out of class for so long but I mean let's not forget they haven't had a break the teachers haven't had a break this was harder than being in class so I still think March break would have been fine and in my opinion it makes sense like just give them the regular March break send them back like is aren't we more concerned about when the weather's cold I don't know yeah, I don't, know I don't, I don't fucking but know I do, but anyway. I do know this because I know I complain about teachers a lot doing shit virtually is fucking tough yes it I'm is. sorry it is because we've gone from doing in-class stuff to doing virtual live streaming because I don't like the idea of trying to put together an online course and having it live there and you know that, that you'd have to I feel like that you'd have to update all the time at least if it's live it's going to feel like a class and you can interact well, Obvious- moderating an online class is hard that's that's a whole other story but obviously doing an online like virtual thing is going to be different because I don't have people in front of me actually doing practical work and, and there's lab time and all the rest of it so you'd think a class that was normally about eight hours long in a day would end really early as a live stream. But it the doesn't. answer is no. And I can't figure out fucking why. I cannot figure out why. What am I doing so different that I'm actually going through more material and hanging out and working harder on a live stream? On a live stream, we don't even take breaks because these guys are at home or they're in their office. So we started off by saying like normally we'd have like a 45 minute or an hour long lunch break. Lindsay's sitting there going, I don't want to talk about any of this. <laughs> normally we would have like an hour long, 45 minute hour long lunch break and we'd have a couple breaks throughout the day if this was in class what happens live stream i'm like hey whenever you guys want to take a break let me know and no one ever wants to take a break and it's always me after a good two and a half hours saying can we take a washroom water break because i gotta stop talking for a little bit because i've just been talking for two and a half hours straight and then by the time we normally have a lunch period i'm like so what do you guys want to do here like do you want to take a full on lunch break you'd want to just do like a, a 20 minute half hour break and everyone's like 20 minute half hour break 
And so the class still ends at the same fucking time of day. I could dissect this, but as you said, Lindsay doesn't want to talk about this, but there's plenty of reasons that live stream is more difficult. Oh. <laughs> well, not difficult. Just how does it take so fucking long? I was just going to say that you could... It's- it's because people don't get to interact yes. with each other. So yes. people don't hang out on breaks. They're like, okay, I'm just going to sit here for 20 minutes. Oh, I, I totally get that. But it's not even just that though, right? It's like, well, well, the time is being filled by me somehow. And I can't figure out like, how am I spending so much extra time? Because it feels like I'm, you know, mm. I don't know. There, there, there actually is a lot of interaction that happens in in the in, in our live streams because we try to make it as interactive yeah. as possible. We try to keep like a classroom feel to it. Well, I've watched you do um, the assessments and the joy mobs and I can tell you because uh, for example when you're playing the videos I know that I'm the person speaking in the video but I hear my voice your voice my voice your voice like it's not like you doing a quick demo and people practicing you dissect the video to make sure everyone understands like so clearly so I feel like that might take a little bit longer because you're pausing my video and then speaking over it and yeah Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> let's get back to why we're really here. But yes, anyone who's in Ontario, you know, on Friday, sorry Jimmy. that uh, we don't get March break in March. It's nonsense. But although, uh, you know, there are people who agree with it. And so some of you are probably very happy about it and think it's the right decision uh, to each their own. I'm not thrilled. I think we're, we're beyond complaining about stuff at this point. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I think here people we have moved on to other things to complain about. <laughs> and something we're going to talk about tonight. It's not necessarily a complaint. We have Lindsay on the phone who is... Is, uh, here in Ontario, in Thornbury, which mm. is a very nice part of Ontario. And um, Where is Thornbury? Uh, it's about 15 minutes. I, get, I always say northwest, but some argue and say west of uh, Blue Mountain Resort. Yeah. Okay. It's like gotcha, a beautiful, gotcha, gotcha. yeah, it's a beautiful place. Population of, population of Thornbury is? I couldn't tell you. I'm a... I've moved here. I was I've lived here for about five years now. I have some clients who moved to Thornbury. Okay. That's the only reason I know where. Are we it talking is. in the hundreds of thousands, or are we talking in the, like the tens of thousands? I'm actually googling it now. Thornbury population, except I don't know how to spell. <laughs> the population of Thornbury is um, about twenty two thousand. So oh wow, it's a yeah, it's it's a tiny little, or maybe I was looking at the wrong thing. <laughs> Did you add a zero? No, no, no. Okay, what did I read? Um, oh, no, sorry. That was Owen Sound. See, it was saying nearby cities. Owen Sound is 22,000. Thornbury is not. It didn't come up. Thornbury population 2020. Oh, I don't know. It's not showing me anything. Anyway, so Lindsay sent a message because she heard a small clip from a podcast that uh, just came out recently with Daniel. We spoke to him. He's in Australia. And we were talking about the idea of rebranding massage therapy because we talked about a bunch of things. things, But in the clip she heard, it was this idea of possibly rebranding, like not necessarily like I I, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I dropped it. I dropped that into a Facebook. I dropped it into a, a lot of Facebook groups. And it was really interesting to hear the conversation and the different groups go completely different ways. Yeah. Like one group was just like, it, it's called massage therapy. You can't change legislation. I'm like, rebranding and, and what you're talking about are yeah, completely Yeah, we weren't talking about and then that. And then in another group, it was like, I totally understand what you're saying. Blah, 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 blah. What I do is is is, a, is above and beyond massage. Massage might be a part of it, but there's definitely a ton more than I do. And it's not just massage therapy. It's just really interesting to see the different conversation take place. Yeah. So I guess um, Lindsay heard the clip and she was more on that side of, I totally understand because because 
most of us who practice massage therapy, I, I shouldn't even say most of us, there's a large percentage probably that practice massage therapy and massage is one of the things we do, you know, like we do other, other parts of therapy, you know, including exercise and, you know, other forms of manual therapy, you know, not, there's a ton of therapists now that don't even practice with, you know, sheets and oil and all of that stuff. And we've talked to many of them on different episodes. So when Lindsay heard it, she felt compelled to reach out because she started out working in a spa industry and left that with this idea that she wanted to be more of a therapist, like she wanted to do therapy. And so she said, yes, I have been, I I can't remember exact words, but she can tell you, but basically, you know, fighting this battle to change the face of massage therapy and make people understand that, you know, it's not just spa massage. However, I mean, at the end of the day, what we do is is there's still a lot of us that do just massage. So yeah, and I want to talk about this because in that conversation of the clip in question is the first time I had that thought. And I want to explore that more because I'm leaning, maybe it's because it's more of a recent thought that I've had, that I'm leaning on that one really, really hard. And it's it's different than the thoughts that I had before. Yeah. Well, let's hear from Lindsay. This. Let's start Podcast with uh, my mind. an introduction. Lindsay, thank you for um, hanging out with us this evening. Uh, for people listening, can you give uh, an introduction on yourself? How long you've been practicing as a therapist and what your practice looks like now? Like I said, you started out in the spa, but what are you doing now? Yeah, so I graduated in 2013. So I'm in my eighth year of massage therapy. Um, and yeah, I started in the spa industry. I didn't even really want to start there, but I was a student, so I needed to make money. Mm-hmm. So I worked a pretty busy spa had consistent money and and over time it just kind of got to the point where I realized that it massage is not really helping chronic pain or pain that people actually want to be gone. And then it wasn't until my chronic pain almost kind of interfered with my job. Like my shoulder I couldn't push tissue around anymore. I couldn't massage because I was experiencing pain. Chiropractor wasn't helping. Massage wasn't helping. Um, so what I turned to was like Iyengar yoga mostly, as well as like calisthenic training. And then realized that movement is the medicine. And then from then on, I finally left the spa, worked at a few other clinics, realizing that I'm getting tired of people just coming in saying, oh, what you fixed last week, I ruined it. So can you fix it again this week? <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why is your shoulder not getting better? I'm giving you these exercises. What is going on here? So then I realized that it's actually the boundaries of my practice. Because when people came in and I gave them what they wanted or what they told me that they think that they need, I educated them in knowing that if you want this to get better, you actually have to do something about it. Okay, you're making me think of so many things right now. So many things. One of the first things I'm thinking of, because I'm a kinesiologist and I graduated from you know a university, I've been practicing as a kinesiologist for, for, years. for, for this is my 22nd year. So it's not like mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm new to that game, right? 
And right. we've like, I mean, we're kin be we're kins. We're we're movement people. Like this, this, this what I feel is a new discovery with massage therapists makes me chuckle. I'm not chuckling at you in a negative way, but when you said like, no. oh, movement is the thing, movement is medicine, I'm like, well, no I didn't no offense. I was like, no fucking shit. Like that, but that's so it to me it's kind of it's it it's it's a little funny that it's like now this is the thing with massage therapists. But then that took me down a path for my second thought. My second thought is this. Yes, movement is part and within the scope of practice. And I'm now just saying this. I, ne- I, I haven't really had this as a thought. So you guys bear with me while we brainstorm through this. Within the scope of practice is movement and exercise and all the rest of it. But in no way, shape or form is a massage therapist, at least the way they're educated, formally educated, a movement person. That mm-hmm. is for sure. Who are the movement people? The registered kinesiologist. The physiotherapist, right? The same way, the same way soft tissue manipulation and massage work can be done and is within scope of practice for physio, but you wouldn't expect your physio to start giving you massage. And it's also within scope of practice for chiro and naturopathic medicine and all the rest of it. But you don't go to your naturopathic doctor to get massaged. So why the fuck is it that all these massage therapists are now trying to take into that move? And I'm not saying you are, but I just had this thought, so just bear with me. Now that all these massage therapists have discovered movement, they're trying to pull that in versus doing the referral to the person who's been formally trained and also therefore has a billion bits of continuing education behind it because that's their bread and butter. It's not a massage therapist formally trained as a massage therapist who's gotten some continuing education about movement. No. Well, I've got some exciting news it's for quite, you. It's quite, so why not? <laughs> I, I I know there's shitty therapists everywhere, physio or kin or whatever the case is, but the same way massage therapist, you would throw a fucking shitstorm if you found out the chiropractor was saying, you know what? You don't need to see the massage therapist. I can do massage too. I do massage. Or the physiotherapist was saying, why are you going to go see a massage therapist? You can do the physio with me, the movement stuff, and I could give you massage because it's within my scope of practice. Why can't do what? Everyone would be a fucking going mental. All of our scopes of practice overlap. They overlap. But like what yeah. I was about to say with I've got news for you is um, now not everybody, but Lindsay, for example, also has a diploma in fitness and health okay. and like Again, did, yes, did yes, some training yes, in that yes, as well. Yes. Uh, and that's that's valid. That's yeah. valid. 100%. I've been a really highly competitive athlete, like right. rugby player. I, I totally, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. But my point on this one is like, I know a guy, he's a registered massage therapist. He's a registered physiotherapist. He's a registered, he's a, he's a doctor of chiropractic and he's a member and he, he does acupuncture. He's a, he's yeah. a, he's a member of that college. He's a, he's a, he's got a fucking four designations. You want to know why? Because he feels this way. He's like, you know what? Like, this is what massage people do. And if I'm going to do this, I'm going to become a massage therapist. And this is what physio is really all about. And if I'm going to do anything that resembles that, I'm going to become a physio. And this is what chiropractic is all about. And I've to do anything that represents that, I can become a chiropractor. And he went and did it all. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Lindsay. So as Mark is saying this, I, I agree. All of our scopes of practice overlap a little bit. And yes, I totally believe in referring to the person who's the expert. And Mark started his whole rant right now with the question of, you know, kinesiologists and physios have always, always been the movement as medicine people. And suddenly it does seem like it's, I don't know, maybe it's because we have social media and we can all see it, but suddenly it does seem like massage therapy is picking up this trend. My question is like, now that it seems like all the massage people are like realizing that what we do is very passive and there needs to be more movement. And now everybody wants to incorporate this. In fact, some therapists are throwing, you know, the manual piece out the window and focusing strictly on the movement. I can expand though. 
on on Mark's comment or statement because from what I see in my experience is that the people that I'm helping or who my I guess my target crowd would be people who have tried physio and are still in chronic pain who have tried Cairo who are doing everything that they can and then what I also notice is that it's such specific movement that for me, I don't feel like I could give my treatment via virtual because it's just the ability to t- like touch the human body and be like, this is where you feel it. And then having them recreate a feeling in their body so that they can develop a new movement pattern. So what is it that you're doing with them, Lindsay? Try to make me understand if I was a patient of yours and I came to you, like, for example, I have, um, it's not an athletic injury, but I have chronic pain in my left hip ever since having my second child. Like, what would you do differently than if I go to my massage therapist who's going to ultimately massage my hip, massage my glutes, massage my lower back, you know, maybe do some stretches, give me some Remex. What are you going to do differently for me? Okay. Well, this is going to be crazy. Um, so where do I start? So have you ever heard of MoveNat? MoveNat? Like N-A-T? Yeah. I have yeah. not. It's short form for moving naturally. So if you look it up, it's basically teaching the human body how to move our natural way, like the way that we're born to move. So if you think about when you ever had your first movement, it was in your mother's womb, correct? So that's when movement was, dic- like that's when the human being was decided it's going to move for a living. So when you come out of your womb, you now have to get from point A to point B. How? You just know how to do it. Your parents don't say, hey, this is how you crawl. This is how you walk. This is how you roll over. You figure that shit out. Yeah, you figure it out. Yeah, I mean, you don't just naturally, but yeah, you figure you figure it out. Do you just figure it out or is there are there like verbal and visual cues or is it just, I guess it's just completely figured out because even kids who are not around anybody learn how to crawl and how to walk. So they just figure it out. Yeah. Because they want to get from there to there because their mind goes, what is that? That's what we're here to do is learn. What's our purpose. Our purpose is to go over there and find out what that is. So the kid is just going to figure out the brain has to adapt to that. Like it's to me, that's human nature. So from zero to nine, like, think about when kids stop playing on playgrounds. So they're playing on playgrounds that are hanging, they're crawling, they're rolling, they're jumping, they're all over the place. Then when their logical reasoning mind begins to develop and they care more about relationships, then you look at, oh my God, Johnny's going to think I'm a loser for hanging on that playground, so I'm not going to play on that anymore. Then they stop playing like kids play, right? Then we become these people who want to choose what we do. Let's play a sport. Let's build video games. Let's build furniture. Let's do this. We make choices of our life. So now whatever we choose at that time gets morphed into our body to create a movement pattern. You're more dominant on your right side. You're stronger. Now your body's getting stronger on that side. Then as you age, healing becomes slower. Pain begins to creep in. Now you're 40, 50 going, oh my God, that ankle injury from when I was 16 years old when I broke my ankle. Like this doesn't make sense for the body to be in pain that long because it's healed. Technically it's healed. You just experience pain from time to time. So why is this? 
And then if you believe in trauma being stuck in the body, then you can kind of hang with me while I say that childhood trauma, no matter what kind of trauma, physical trauma, emotional trauma, whatever is sustained from neural development is now imprinted into the body. So the body then displays trauma via pain. And these all can be fixed with mindfulness meditation and creating new movement patterns. So I believe massage will be like taking a Tylenol. If the pain is unbearable, let's let's relax the tissue. Let's get let's take care of the pain. Comfort it like you would a child. Then when you're not in pain, we're doing these movements. And we're gonna repeat that pattern until you have a new movement pattern. And then hopefully my intention is to be pain free. So you still, okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm following. I'm just, I'm listening. There's a couple of things. Then movement. Yeah. So, I mean, you're still, you're still doing manual therapy. You're still doing massage. And I mean that in theory, what we're all supposed to be doing, but as Mark said, in formal massage education, I don't believe that we are being taught enough to like, we're not movement experts. We're absolutely not. I have a degree in kinesiology. So maybe, you know, I can understand movement a little more, but had I just gone to massage college? No, you don't know enough to analyze movement the way that a kinesiologist or physiotherapist can. You don't know enough to, you know, focus your whole practice on movement. I mean, there's obviously a lot of different continuing education courses and things people can do to go that way. But I think you can learn it. Right. And I think I think Mark's initial um, thought and, you know, what he was talking about is that why is it that massage therapists now are so focused on the movement and like don't don't even want to um, pay any attention to the manual therapy piece? Like even yourself, Lindsay, at the beginning, you said massage wasn't helping or massage is not effective. So where do where do massage therapists fit in this whole rehabilitation or wellness this world? This is another piece of what I'm saying. Massage therapists, and I love you guys because I'm one of you and I enjoy this career. I remembered very, my question and just I, as you did that. And I enjoy this career very, very much. But the more you say shit like this, the less the 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 less important massage sounds is massage is starting to massage is starting to sound very useless we don't know what we're doing the schooling sucked this is everything that everyone says right the the schools are teaching old curriculum old ideas these things have been proven to not be the case and on top of that performing certain types of techniques are these types of things that potentially cause harm and just by nature of having the potential to cause harm is one of the reasons why we're regulated like that's one of the arguments that is made for regulation I assume I'm just talking off the fucking cuff here is that, hey, if people don't have the proper education for this and they were just to go do this to anybody else, they could actually hurt somebody. So the more everyone starts talking about how massage is less and less and less important, the more you're just making this whole thing sound like massage should not even be regulated. That was my question for you, Lindsay. Thank you, Mark. You made me remember it now. With everybody wanting to move in this direction of more movement therapy, do do you think it's because a lot of therapists are coming to this realization as you did as an athlete that the massage was not helping? Or do you think it's because of this public perception and the way that we're viewed within the healthcare community that therapists are thinking like, fuck, I want to be able to do more so that I'm not I'm viewed take a this way. I'm going to this first, ready? There are people that fell in love with the idea of 
becoming massage therapists and they're the ones that are doing all of the massage and love the massage and I'll rub people all day long and I see them all over my Instagram and it's fucking fabulous, right? I love that. That's what they love. That's what they do. And they went into massage therapy to do that. And then I think there's a whole bunch of other people that didn't quite know what massage therapy was about, found out what massage therapy is about, started to work in the field, got exposed to a whole bunch of other things and realized, fuck, I don't want to be a massage therapist anymore. But you don't want to go back to school and become whatever the fuck you really want to be now. And so you, because it's under scope of practice for massage, you roll it all in there. I don't know. I'm making stuff up today. Today I feel good. I'm just rhyming things off. What do you think, Lindsay? Do you think it's more people like having these aha moments like you did? Or do you think it's more about, um, you know, not being pigeonholed into being like just the person who rubs people? Um, they're, they're both absolutely, I agree with both sides. Um, because, because I was in the spa world, I was in the spa and treatment world. And it was just like, the spa world was easy. You could turn your mind off. You can massage people all day. Right. But then when you get into the therapy world, it's hard to have a dependent relationship. Like if, if that person just rubbing people takes people out of them, if they want that, go for a relaxation massage at the spa. So this is where I think school does like, unfortunately they don't teach us enough about movement. Cause like I said, I did fitness and health before. Um, and then when I went into massage therapy, their Remex program was like it's crap. And you know what? I've, 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 I've said everything that you are saying now. And I probably said this up until like two weeks ago. It's not until I had that conversation where I really start to think maybe the general public is right. Maybe massage is exactly what they think it is because around the world, that's what massage is, right? My thought before a month ago was, yeah, the Remex in massage school sucks. They don't teach you enough about movement. Now my thought is maybe they teach you just enough movement that they feel that a massage therapist needs to know because this is what massage is yeah but um i can totally i can i totally agree but i that is agreeing with the people who do massage but my beliefs about how the body heals is is not just massage exactly if i could go back to be a physiotherapist, to be an athletic therapist, to be a kinesiologist, to do all those and get my accreditations, great. But how am I supposed to pivot here? Right, right. No, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You know what else is happening, though? We're also pigeonholing the idea of massage. And then we're, we're really looking at this from only one angle of why people get massage, right? Because they're in chronic pain. They wanna, they're in pain and they want to get out of pain. My practice is not all about pain and people that want to get out of pain. And there's a lot of people whose practices aren't like that either. Your practice yeah. is unique as well, though, because you do incorporate more movement because you're also a registered kin, right? Well, yeah, so but- yeah. So the, the people that I see are are like it it gets to a point where I'm I'm questioning why if you're doing all these modalities and you're still in pain why like that's my question because I don't feel anybody should be in pain that they need to go for chiropractic on a weekly basis so I I really truly believe that if you incorporate it it doesn't really matter like it just has to be super basic movements like you said like yeah maybe school did teach us just enough and I guess I was blessed with my fitness and health diploma and then just getting right into my body and going man I've done Cairo Mm -hmm. I've done massage I'm supposed to be doing my exercises but there's still something missing and it wasn't until I turned to move that Iyengar yoga 
and a form of calisthenic training. Oh, I agree with you. I don't want you to take anything that I'm saying is like I'm disagreeing with you. Oh, like yeah, like no, I no. said, I'm a kinesiologist first and foremost. So like uh, for me, movement is everything. So yeah, I totally agree with you on this. But there is that great divide in massage. The few uh, massage therapists that are so passionate about movement and knowing this and trying to just rebrand themselves, being like, man, how do I get around massage? Like people are going, oh, are your movement sessions... Um, are they what did I uh, are they covered by insurance? Oh no, sorry. So I had to figure out how do I do my movement sessions and allow it to be accessible to people that need it. So I was like, well, if I do manipulation, if I do soft tissue, then I can combine them. Absolutely. Well, and I would also argue that that's I mean that that's both good for your business, but and good for the person. Because to yes. be honest, even though, yes, I agree with both of you that movement is the medicine we need. And most people are probably not doing even close to what they need to heal their should. own pain what or they what they should. Um, but there's a lot to be said about the manual therapy piece. And there's, I you know, there's the a ton piece. of value in the human touch and the different, you know, the different effects that massage therapy has on the nervous system and, you know, on the person's general well-being. So I think that having both of them is in, I don't know, in my view, that's always been what I've been meant to do as a massage therapist. I'm supposed to be I, doing I almost, all of these I almost, pieces well, together. That's what I, mean. I almost, I, I feel like I can't have one, I can't have 100% of any anything unless I have both of them there, right? Yeah. I can have you move your fucking joints all around as much as you want actively move your joints, but I probably can after about 10 minutes of working on your shoulder joint and then you move it, it will move larger. Yeah, we have the perfect example of this. When we were, we were talking about the live stream courses earlier, Lindsay, when it was like the midst of the very first lockdown, like I'm talking March, April, 2020, and Mark and I realized that we were going to have to pivot our business and start teaching a lot of things uh, virtually. We decided to make a whole bunch of video. And because we were not allowed to see anybody other than our families at this point. So it was just him and I on our own with like some tripods trying to figure out how to shoot all these videos. And um, so he needed to use me for a demo. And he wanted to show some uh, scapular thoracic mobilizations on me. Yeah, my scapulas have been glued to my ribs for I don't know, know 20 years like they don't move and all it took was for me like he's like you got to figure that out we got it we it's got to move all it took was for me to I busted out the foam roller I did some like some manual work on myself I did some stretching whatever and then it was like butter he was able to move it around and do what he needed to do so I think the combination of both is definitely important but if you have to choose one well and that's the thing if I if you have to choose one for actually dealing with the chronic pain yes for, it's the movement for the chronic pain for the for for a lot more than just the chronic pain for the for the chronic pain for the performance no 100% it's the movement but to as feel good, as a person as a patient as a good. member of the general public like even when i got in my car accident as i've got the physiotherapist saying to me like we need to up your physio visits and decrease your massage visits and i was like fuck that mm. i feel good <laughs> after See, i leave the massage at the end of the day and i wanted the massage and and that is that is more more than just valid how the patient or client is going to feel and respond. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I'm not the boss of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even the boss of my own house. Well, there's there's also two other aspects that need to be taken into consideration. There's the lifestyle and mindset, yep. right? Because like if somebody is open and willing to heal and do the work, then, then they will. If they aren't, then they'll just be, if they're okay 
getting a massage weekly, getting going to chiropractor, then yeah, for sure. Then they'll just keep doing that. It's whatever makes them feel good. It depends on the treatment goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where you that's and I are very good. different too. So uh, this is kind of this is kind of a little bit of a swing, but I've been taken in. Uh, I read the book In the Flow by Elisa Vitti. It talks about the female hormonal cycle, which is 28 days. Um, and I've just recently started meeting my clients where they're at, especially women. So in certain stages of their cycle, massage is required, is like great, like calm the body, get them in their body. And then during their like high peak ovulatory phase, then let's get you moving. And then you develop a treatment plan, like I say, a minimum of like a month so that you can kind of get on track with their cycles. Anyways, I'm going into far off here. No, no, no. It's cool, man. It's cool. I'm totally comfortable talking about menstrual cycles. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) And getting them aware of their menstrual cycle. Like massage therapists are part of the RHPA. So I feel it it is under the obligation of the massage therapist to take an interest in the rest of their health. So taking a lifestyle assessment is definitely in our scope of practice. And yeah. I think that's what that we definitely miss out in prescribing because we go, what's, what's the issue? Okay, we'll, we'll do these today. We'll massage this, adjust this. Yeah. That's something that we also, like we have a record keeping course and that's something that I always bring up in the record keeping course is like getting, getting subjective information or background information about the patient's lifestyle. And everyone stares at me like, why would you ever do that? And, but I talk about it more from a record keeping standpoint. Like if you ever have to write like a report, third party report, progress report, basically what you want to do is be able to compare that person's life, lifestyle, everything to do pre-injury to, to post-injury. And so I talk about it from that standpoint point but it's just the look on their face when whenever i suggest yeah maybe you should do some lifestyle intake questions and they're like what the fuck are you talking about and i'm like just just bear with me just bear with me see and other than people who worked you know like Lindsay, who worked in a spa i just i thought this was like common practice and it just again goes to show how very different different therapists practice and that's why not that i disagree with people who say they want to rebrand or they want to change public perception but like I almost don't think that can exist because there's so many, there's, too many there's just, different there's, ways yeah, that we there's practice. so much variety in the way we practice. I have always done, um, you know, I didn't call it that, but I've always done a lifestyle assessment. You know, I know, I probably know way too fucking much about my clients, but because I want to understand what does your day to day look like? What are you doing? What, you know, I, I want to really understand and also understand how exercise and movement fits into your day. If you're a person who sits on your ass all the time and then I realize that you, you know, need to do, I don't know, do you work know with kettlebells and I know you're not fucking going to, then I got to figure it out, like you said, and meet them where they are. Can I ask you a question then? Because this whole, this, this goes along with the meet, meet where you are because everything both of you guys are describing is, is fabulous but it's not me. Like I'm not a patient for any of you guys because I don't want to get to the root cause of my problem and get rid of it because that's way too much work for me. I don't fucking want to do that. What I want to do is go see someone when I don't feel like I can I, I can take what's happening here. I'm very uncomfortable with it and go ease that for me for a little bit and then I'll just go back and do what I want to do and then when I feel the urge for that, I need, I need the edge taken off, then I'll go back and see somebody. So maybe a lot of people practice this way because there's 
there's a ton of people that want it that way. One hundred percent. You are. But I mean, a but I mean, patient but I'm just saying. But I'm just saying. Versus Lindsay going for physio or going to Cairo, and it's not helping her. Do you see? Do you see what I'm saying? Like she wants more. So it's can the therapist recognize when? Oh, I got the person that just wants this going on, or I got the person that really they they need to get to the bottom of everything. And uh, do you know, see, see what I'm saying? My question to you, Mark, then would be. Are you obviously exercise? You work out? Not so much. <laughs> no, it's not so much. It's not so much. But I, I, I used to be of an exercise world and I just don't do much of it anymore. But yeah, go ahead. So what's happening though is, is like I wanted to get to the root of my problem is because I was exercising. I was doing CrossFit. I was running all the time and my shoulder would always hurt. I would go for massage. I would do my exercises, at least the ones that I thought I was supposed to be doing right. yeah that it wasn't until I turned to anger yoga and realized that oh my god people need like it's not what the people are doing it's how they're doing it absolutely you can create a foundation because people are getting held back by pain that's why they're in your office so depending on their goal like let's say it is somebody who's active and they do want to increase their performance Going to dealing with and managing this pain is only holding them back from an increase of performance. Yeah, for a lot of patients, that really is the case. I think like we're all kind of getting caught up with there's again, there's so many different types of patients. Exactly. There's so many different types of therapists. That was my and point. there's there's patients for every therapist. And I think, you know, the the whole purpose of this episode is us talking about like, does massage therapy need a rebranding? I think it goes back to what we did discuss with Daniel, where it all has to come from the therapist in the way they market. It sounds like Lindsay, you're doing that. Yes. Like your patients know that movement is a big part is going to be a big part of their treatment plan. Yes, there's going to be the manual therapy piece, but it's you know, you're trying to recreate movement patterns, um, you know, with this certain type of yoga that you're doing. And I, I'm going to get you to actually explain it to me in a minute because I don't know anything about it. But this this yoga that you've discovered that has been super helpful to you, there's going to be a ton of people that that makes sense for and that type of therapy works. There's going to be a ton of people who are going to do that and say, well, just another thing that didn't work because you're right. It depends on their lifestyle, depends on their mindset. And people get different results from different types of therapy. You know, there's some people who swear by acupuncture and think that Cairo is nonsense. There's some people who love chiropractic and would never get a massage. You, you know what I mean? So in your in your specific case, being the athlete and realizing, fuck, nothing is working. My shoulder always hurts. Explain to me what this this movement is that you've discovered and how it has helped you, why you think it has been superior for you specifically? Um, well, it just kind of, so I've always been hypermobile. So I always wondered, like, I, it, people, I've had yoga teachers go, oh my gosh, you must have been a dancer. I'm like, actually, I'm a rugby player. So that's completely opposite. But <laughs> And then um, I was playing squash one time and I actually hyperflexed my hip, which kind of boggled my mind because I'm like, who the fuck does that? Like, I understand hyperextension of the hip, but who can get into a position to hyperflex their hip? So I, I feel like you just kick yourself in the face. Like, what? <laughs> kind of. So I, I went to lunge deeply for a ball and squash. <laughs> your, your knees behind your I, back. Oh. Yeah, yes. And it, it hurt. And it messed up my leg. Um, so I had my hip problem and I had my shoulder problem. My shoulder problem was separated shoulders from rugby. And then on top of that, do you guys know Sulcus sign? Yep. 
right? So you pull the shoulder and if there's that gap, that's very prominent in my left shoulder. And then I pull all my joints and I can see the joint space. So one day I was interested. I'm like, what is hypermobility? So I Googled it and then it aligned with all my symptoms, my digestive symptoms, my easy to separate. I never broken bones. I've always just, I'm not Gumby. Like you can just bend and then you can continue playing. I can't even tell you how many times I rolled my ankle and never broke it. Anyways, so I got, I was always getting massage. I was always getting therapy, physiotherapy, chiropractor, acupuncture. I've done them and I'm just like, yeah, they help most certainly. But that pain comes back. And then when you realize that you're, 25, 30 years old, and you're having trouble doing things, reaching in your cupboard, getting on the floor, you're like, what is going on? So I couldn't figure out the pain in my shoulder. So I did go to a chiropractor because I worked there and he was so kind enough to be offering free treatments for a therapist. So when my wrist went out, yeah, I went to a chiro for sure. Then I said, what muscles are weak that cause that bone to go out? Because I'm going to go fix it. So I don't have to keep going to Cairo. So he did adjust my shoulder, gave me that range of motion. He said, four weeks, do four weeks treatment because he knows how stubborn I am to treatment. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I can figure it out on my own. No, I just needed you to look at it. <laughs> he said, just do four weeks. So I had my MoveNet certification coming up and they, they had a move that you had to pull yourself and kind of get a power up, almost like a muscle up but you can just go to forearms first and pull up. It's a pretty tough move. And I couldn't even hang because my shoulder pain was so bad. So I'm like, okay, I've got one month and I need to figure this out. So my friend in town's a yoga teacher. And I said, Lori, I've tried everything and I'm tired of going to the same things over again. And I'm not getting stronger in this. And I'm supposed to be a CrossFit athlete. So I'm snatching, but I'm, limited because my shoulder pain so then Lori's like okay we'll do some yoga and then it's like called Iyengar yoga can you say that slower Iyengar 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 thank you I'm not going to do justice for describing what it is but I can describe to you my experience with it was that and maybe it's specifically the teacher right because everybody gets a calling to who suits them just like therapists do Yep. He just was able to speak in this way that just, and it, because I'm a therapist, I know external rotation of the humerus, internal rotation, all these words that she says and uses. So it put me right into my body. And I've used muscles that I never used in my life before. And as an athlete and a high level athlete, I said, I've used every muscle in my body. How did I not know that I wasn't using these ones? And then I started using those ones and training them eccentrically. So basically a type of calisthenics, if I'm correct, and just elongating, but being able to use a range of motion and control that range of motion. So really, we should all be pretty capable in moving our arms outside of us while carrying a load. But we're not because traditional fitness trains in. So we have to train out. So I started training out and I saw results and then I started applying them to people who are in chronic pain and then I saw results. Then I read two books that completely changed my mind 
I even had to take a sabbatical from massage because I'm like, I don't know how to do my job anymore because this is not the way the body works. <laughs> hmm. See, there it is, Mark. There's massage therapists mm-hmm. who get to a point. Yeah. And I mean, you're not wrong if you do and you're not wrong if you don't. The therapist yeah. who gets to the point where you're like, you know what? Fuck, I'm not helping people as much as I want to. And right. We've had many therapists like that on the yes. podcast. We yes. had Adam. We've had James. We've had, um, I don't know. I could name a billion of them. But we've had all these yeah. people who are like, I just got to a point where I was like, these people keep coming back in yeah. the same pain. And I am, as you said, giving them the Advil, which makes them feel better. Yep. And for somebody like Mark, that's all they want. But there are people like Lindsay who are like, fuck, man, like I, I want to get better. So, you know, I think I think that's the answer to my question when I said, is it because they want to be more respected or is it because they're realizing that massage isn't necessarily great? I think it's this. It's it's not that they don't think massage is really great. They're realizing like there needs to be something else. And yes, we can just refer to somebody else as well. Mm-hmm. Or you want to be the person to be able to give your clients more. And I like I can understand that of like, I, I mean, I think early in my career, I always wanted to be the person that like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to make you feel better. I'm going to figure this out. Okay. And I think as I've gotten like further and further into my career, yes, I want to help people, but I'm also totally okay with referring because you know, if you find other practitioners that are really, really great and, you know, specialize in areas where maybe you don't, I'm happy to refer out. Mm-hmm. But I think in your case, Lindsay, correct me if I'm wrong, you were like, I used this and it helped me and nothing else has helped me. Now I want to be able to incorporate this, learn more and use it to help everybody else. Well, because it's under my impression as being a massage therapist, people come in and they say, oh, I have this problem, this problem, this problem, and I need it fixed. And then it's just like, I remember at the beginning of my career, um, actually it was in school, one of the teachers said, you can help them, but you're not Jesus. And then I didn't really clue into it until getting into the profession. And then someone said, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here to fix me. I go, whoa, I'm not I can't do this. Yeah, we don't fix people anyway. (laughs) And then I also wanted to kind of go from the therapist standpoint, because I'm not going to lie, when I work in a spa, I check out, right? I I check out too, man. I would do the exact same thing. I did a 10-day silent meditation retreat. So when I came back from that and was able to massage and check out for 60 minutes, <laughs> I was I was given a good massage. I'm not going to say I was disconnected from the client in the sense of I'm just like blue fear. I I I think I give a nice massage, but the intention is different because now if I'm meditating and relaxed, that energy of my meditation and relaxation goes into the client, and they get what they came for: relaxation, feel good. Mm-hmm. So that intertwines with meeting them where they're at. So I'll have clients come in who are determined for healing and determined for movement. But some days they go, Lynn, I'm so stressed. I'm like, all right, I got you on the table. We'll massage you. You need a stress. Like there's COVID times now. And I was kind of arrogant to it at the beginning where I was like, nope, I'm not massaging anybody unless they want movement. And then I was just like, wait a sec. People are stressed. People's nervous systems are firing. So what better than an actual relaxation, full body treatment? So if they come in going, I need you to fix my shoulder, I go, okay, well, I treat integrated movement and massage, or we do full body treatment. 
And then they ask me the difference. So I kind of go over what I do with movement. And then I, yeah, but if you just want to feel better, then sure, we'll do this massage, but it's a full body treatment because I don't want to leave any part of the body out of being touched. Because how many people do you touch or massage and they go, oh my God, I had no idea I was tight there. Right. Because your brain is so focused on the pain that is bothering you that has no time to look at the rest of your body. Yeah, so people that's true. are just outside of their body. So yeah. If they, they can't, like my client came in today and we talked about her movement program and her new, because she wants to balance her hormones. So she's working with her naturopath who I work closely with. She's balancing her hormones and we're doing an exercise and massage protocol. So she's getting, she's like, it's so nice to have a one-stop shop. Hmm. I dig it. Can I ask you a question though? When when you gave people that that option, like full body massage or movement and and manual therapy, did anyone just be like, "Fuck, forget this"? Like, I just really wanted my fucking upper back worked for an hour, and I don't want to do this full body thing. And uh, that's did you get any of that? I have a feeling like you didn't because your clientele is just like all about everything that you're doing. Well, they're not because there have been a lot of people who just go, "No, I I'll just do the massage today," mm. and I go, "No problem." Mm-hmm. And I, confession alert or whatever, um, I do still work at a spa. But the beauty is, is is that I talk to the owner and I, so my business is called Mind Body Move, Mindset, Movement, and Body Awareness. So when I work at the spa, people there are under the impression and understanding that I'm giving a relaxation massage. The owner is, and I make it clear to the client. And then I talked with the owner and said, if there is a candidate on this in my treatment room for Mind Body Move, I'm going to refer them to Mind Body Move. And vice versa, if I have relaxation clients at my clinic that want to keep coming at my office, then I refer them to relaxation or their that treatment that they want. You see what I mean? Yeah. And you know what's interesting? It just just now hit me that we started off this episode and, you know, even just the conversation pre-recording was about, you know, rebranding massage therapy and, you know, changing it up to incorporate these other things. And now I'm realizing you are probably the most holistic massage therapist I've ever talked to. Like you're literally incorporating absolutely everything. You're not saying I don't massage. You're saying I absolutely do massage, but... I'm yeah. recognizing that movement needs to be a huge part of it. So tell me what resonated you with then in that clip with Daniel and how you feel that massage therapy could either A, be rebranded or how you want um, either the general public or healthcare or whomever to view us as RMTs. Yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough, tough question for me to answer because it's like when I go for massage, I try not to be that massage therapist that goes, hey, can you massage my anterior and middle scalenes with this this amount of pressure? Like, I don't want to be, like, specific, but I try and highlight the areas of massage that I know that my body needs. But I always end up getting the default back, neck, shoulders, glutes, hamstrings. When have we ever paid attention to any of the front of the body? So I don't know if it's the... The, the schooling, yes, obviously there can be some modifications and, and up-to-date stuff, but we also have to look at what are, like, I don't know what percentage, but what are most massage therapists doing in their practice that is, this is the thing, it's just rubbing people, or are people 
actively looking at what the real issues are, not just what the clients are telling them that they need to work on. There's so many things that you said there. I'm, I'm only going to unpack one of the things right now. This is why I've got like four of them. This you is, go first. This is why <laughs> branding is so fucking important. Yes. Right. This is why branding is so important. And I, I so, there's 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 someone else that was asking me to participate in whatever. I think she was putting together a conference that fell through or something like that. And then she had an interest in me talking about one of these topics of of branding but she's like I don't want you to use the word branding she's like I feel like that's a dirty thing I feel the connotation for that it should, doesn't have a place in, in massage maybe I'm totally butchering what she said but that's the gist of what I felt at the end of that conversation and then I'm thinking to myself well fuck like what's happening what you're describing to me is a consumer is going to get a service somewhere and it's a mismatch either that person doesn't provide that service or they don't provide it the way that and there's a mismatch the expectations are not being met so there was some sort of yeah there was some sort of why the branding needs to be there it needs to be this is the type of therapist i am and i'm going to display this so is this a therapist specific um, is the onus on each specific the therapist to do their the own therapist. thing? Yes. That's so what I mean. It's, it's, it's not, not about a, re-educating the no, public. it's not an industry-wide it's, thing. It's about teaching you how to fucking brand. That way you don't end up with a mismatch. I want to talk about what Lindsay said about the back, neck, shoulders, glutes, hamstrings. Because yes, I've had that massage many times in my entire life. I've likely given that massage many times in I my like career. <laughs> I love that yeah. massage. And you know what the thing is? It's a whole bunch of things. It's it's expectations as Mark just said it's what we see on TV it's what we get when we go on vacation any picture you see of somebody getting a massage giving a massage the person is prone it seems you know most people are like when they when they come in and they describe where they're feeling discomfort not somebody who's at an injury not you know a chronic pain patient but just you know your average Joe that sits at a desk all day of course their back fucking hurts of course their neck fucking hurts of course their hips hurt of course their glutes hurt they don't even fucking turn on anymore of course their hamstrings strings hurt. They sit all day, right? But we know as therapists and, you know, we're educated enough to know that um, we're focusing on the wrong part. And I've joked about this as much as I love yoga. I've joked about this multiple times is that why in yoga am I always stretching my hamstrings and not the front of my body? You know, like, why am I always doing that? It's a lot about expectations because those are the things that really feel good. And we know why they feel good. But as therapists, we have to use our own critical thinking, our own judgment to realize all of our bodies are folding in on each other and we need on it or on themselves sorry and we need to be doing fold in on me i'll fold it on you (laughs) (laughs) we need to obviously be putting more focus on um, the anterior aspect of the body and i think a lot of therapists do do that but then again when the clients come and they're like oh like where do they want the massage they're like oh my hamstrings are really tight and i'm like well mm, we might need to work on your quads (laughs) yeah we gotta that's the thing is is like i I was at um, at my spa location, if you will, and this one lady, she came in and she's like, yeah, but I'm doing physio and Cairo every week. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, and uh, how's that going for you? Oh, yeah, no, like I have so much tension and you could see it in her. And I'm just like, oh, well, you could probably just activate this muscle and use these muscles and do this kind of stuff. And then she was just like, oh, how come my physiotherapist never told me that? I'm like, I don't know. And then sometimes I'm rubbing certain areas of the neck and, and they're like, why isn't my massage therapist never done that? I'm like, I don't know. You, you, you report chronic headaches, you report 
tension in the neck and shoulders. So why are they not working on these areas? See, mismatch. That is a massage therapist who wanted to check out, like how you check out at the spa, how they wanted to just check out and do their thing. And they were met with someone who wanted something very specific. Or I'll play devil's advocate. It's, it was the therapist who wants to find the root of the problem and isn't, isn't listening to the client who's saying, I have neck pain. They're like, well, maybe you have neck pain because we need to work on your, your anterior metatarsal hips. phalangeal joint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it, it it is what Mark said though. It's a mismatch. You and it's it's unfortunate that what can end up happening is that when the client is trying to find the therapist that matches their needs and they're bouncing from person to person to person and spending up all their money or their insurance money or whatever. Um, what can ultimately happen is that somebody can feel, as you started with at the beginning, massage therapy doesn't work for me. Well, not necessarily. It's finding the right therapist who has that balance and who can meet the expectations that you have of what massage therapy should be. It's all about branding. 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 Mark, you keep saying branding, but that's what that's that's kind of what I was going to say earlier is, is that I think massage therapists, if they really like if they really want to get to the root of the problem, then I suggest they leave the, the self-employment world and enter into the entrepreneurial world because that's where you get to brand yourself. Because, uh, I totally agree with you 100%. Yeah. When I was a massage therapist just out of school, self-employed, someone says, hey, are you an entrepreneur? I was like, what does that mean? Oh, you work for yourself. Yep. So I immediately thought I was an entrepreneur. And then I actually went out into the entrepreneurial world. I was like, whoa. what is this? Like, I didn't even know what an SEO, uh, like I didn't know search Mm -hmm, engine mm -hmm. until like three months ago. So I didn't have a website. I didn't have anything. And I was just like, Oh my God, now I have to be on social media. Now I have to do all these movement programs. Now it's, now it's never ending, but I could go back to the spa and just make money. And that's it, that's the thing. That's the reason why, you know, well, I mean, everybody couldn't be an entrepreneur because that would be ridiculous. And not everyone wants to. Well, exactly. And that's the reason that not everybody wants to be is because it what isn't you just the same. Yeah, what you just described is nightmare. not, yeah, it's not <laughs> ideal for everybody. So, you know, it's, you know, but either way, even if you're not an entrepreneur, you can take Mark's advice still of branding. You can work in a spa or in a clinic and set a name for yourself. You know, I worked in a clinic with just yeah. massage therapists and there were seven of us and we were all so drastically different. And, you know, we all had our bios on the website and every so often I'd get a client come to me, like a new client, and they had specifically chosen me off the website because of my bio, because what I expressed as my style of treatment and my philosophy resonated with them in some way. And it was always, it was always a good moment for me when they came in and they they were not shocked you know i was exactly what they were expecting because my bio was true and you know everything that i said in there was very genuine and really represented who i was as a a therapist and i feel like that's you know that's my practice today that's mark's practice today i don't get people who you know who would be more suited to mark or if i do i know within the first 10 minutes and i was like well have i got the therapist for you because it's not me yeah and then there's there's another aspect too that uh, to massage therapy because in ancient tradition massage wasn't used the same way that it's being used today it was mis- it was used for a spiritual practice in healing right so there are people out there who use massage therapy strictly with reiki or energy techniques and intuition mm-hmm. right 
And yeah. like, I, I remember I had a guy, oh my gosh, thank God I took my level one Reiki because I had a guy come in and he, I couldn't touch him. He's like, nope, do it. Nope. So I literally was like, I just had my hands lightly on his body. Like, that's perfect. I'm like, oh, cool. I got to do this for an hour. I was like, <laughs> oh, so I asked him, hey, would you be open to trying Reiki? I don't practice it very often. I've been given feedback that I have a lot of good energy in my hands. Like I've had, you know, as a massage therapist, you get some some clients who are completely connected, completely out of the out of this world, and you, you you're sometimes glad you are sending them on their way. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked him if he wanted to do Reiki. So I just tuned in. I connected and I took Again, it's the intention behind the massage as well, the intention for the hour. And I tuned in, gave him Reiki, and he got off the team. He was like, that was amazing. I'm like, okay, phew. <laughs> Thank God I could do that. Yeah, and, you know, as we talked about in that episode with Daniel, it's it's the tools. Massage is a tool yep. of what we do. And, you know, for people who are really, really getting on this this movement is medicine train. I'm happy you are, you know, I'm with Mark that this is, this is the way that you're going to ultimately really see improvement. I tell my clients that as well. I'm like, I'm a massage therapist, but I'll be the first to say that what I do is incredibly passive and without you putting in the work and, you know, trying to heal yourself as well and get better yourself. What I'm going to do is only going to be a temporary solution to your issues, right? And so I tell them that right away, and then they can decide yeah. how active they're going to be in in their recovery, right? It's it, there's not a ton that I can do beyond that. I'm going to tell them this is going to be my part, but your part is bigger. You know, like I'm I'm the supporting actor here. Like you really have to do what you need to do to get better. I was just thinking something about when you were talking about the guy who was saying too much pressure, too much pressure. Um, bodies are fat. Fascinating to me. That's the other thing when it comes to choosing a therapist and finding a good match. What somebody thinks is deep tissue versus what another person thinks is deep oh tissue. What somebody thinks mean. is too much pressure versus what you know another person thinks is not. Like yep. it's hilarious. I have a client, and I've spoken about her multiple times on the podcast. I hope she actually never listens because I always bring her up because she fascinates me. She's probably a quarter of my size. Like I'm, I, I doubt she hits a hundred pounds on the scale. Teen tiny little woman and no matter what I do and like I have clients who tell me like oh like you murder me you use so much pressure and she always says to me like yeah like you're getting there <laughs> like as if I'm I'm just stroking her back she's like don't be afraid because I'm so small and I'm like dude I'm in pain I'm trying to you give feel? you so much pressure How does that make you feel when when you're sweating you're I'm sweating. literally sweating you're and sweating she's like your shirt. Oh, you're getting there <laughs> Have you ever had somebody like that, Lindsay, like where you feel like you're you're giving so much pressure and they're like, you can go deeper. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I have. And then I've given up because because it's mismatch. I don't want to work out for an hour. No, exactly. I have actually tried to refer her out four different times because I'm like, I'm clearly not right for you. You know, like you want somebody like you want somebody to stand on your back and like, you know, do an Irish jig for an hour. And there's therapists that love 
doing that exactly. shit is just a mismatch because that therapist who loves doing that shit hasn't branded it as like I love doing this shit. Yeah, and I need to find you a therapist. Like I don't love doing this shit. So I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> well, that happened when you were in their room with her together. I'm just saying, not not that anyway. You know, you get you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've tried to refer her out like four different times. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm I'm the right therapist for you, but something about me. She must really like because she continues to come back week after week after week after. Because week. you're probably getting in deeper than other people were getting there. So she she's like, oh, you're not there yet, but you're closer than <laughs> you're getting there. You're, you're closer than the last person was. So I'm gonna stay, keep coming here, <laughs> hoping, oh, hoping, hoping. Yeah, it's interesting. I believe um, definitely. I, I I'm a firm believer in energy too. So it's just like sometimes people are. Sometimes your clients end up on your table to teach you a lesson. I like this. You were like a little piece of everything. Yeah. I so dig it. What's like, that? You're like a little piece of everything. Like you someone like comes movement, in like, movement, oh, you like movement, energy. We need movement. Or I'm a former athlete. Or what, Reiki? What, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like a little bit of everything. It's you're really a, you're a rugby playing dancer, apparently. Like you're literally <laughs> a little bit of everything. <laughs> hey, do you want to know my vulnerable truth? So I got zenned out because I was actually, I realized that I was actually suppressing a lot of childhood anger through rugby. Because when I finished playing rugby and finished CrossFit, I realized that my intensity and that deep-seated anger was coming out in sport. So I now no longer had an outlet. Because CrossFit was giving me pain, because physical pain. Yeah. And then that was causing emotional, and I was getting depressed. So I needed to take care of my physical pain in order. And then that's what brought me to yoga and mindfulness. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. When you were, when you were, a, and this is like youth playing rugby, right? Um, I was 15 when I started. When you were youth playing rugby, did you view the other team as enemy? No. No? It was Never. just always like sportman-like conduct all the time? Just, just out yeah. of curiosity. I was actually super fair. Hmm. Like... The only the only dirty play that I've actually ever done was in a ruck, and I was peeling fingers off the ball to to steal a ball. But that's it. Um, I did get into a fight. A girl thought I was put, punching her, but I was actually just trying to get her to let go of my jersey. And then she punched me, so I punched her back. <laughs> but other than that, I tried. Oh, and I got bit. Someone bit me. What the fuck? Believe that. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I turned around. I'm like, stop biting me. Oh my God. I've never been, I don't think I've ever been bitten by a, an adult before. I've been bitten by my children. I've been bitten by a horse, but never an adult person. <laughs> I want to know, but I don't want to know. <laughs> About me getting bit by a horse? Yeah, I, 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 I kind of want to know, but this moment is probably inappropriate to find out. So you got, you got zenned out, you said. So like now in your practice, although you incorporate movement and you, you know, you played rugby, you've done CrossFit, when you're doing um, exercises with people, you know, you've talked about this program that you've done, like, what are the types of exercises you're doing then? Is it pretty, it, like, are you going to compare it to something like Qigong or kettlebell or, or, you know, like, what is it that you're doing with people? Um, I'm comparing it to cars, pails, rails, gotcha. the functional range movement system. Mm -hmm. So with an understanding of how the body works and it's, this is what's crazy because I often, trust me guys, 
I at least once a month want to turn away from this job because I often think that it's not for me. And then every time I think that thought, the universe shows me that it is because then I have breakthroughs with clients. I have breakthroughs with movements. And then there's information that I sometimes am like, how the frick do I know this? So what makes you want to pack it in then? Um, I think that's just like, and this is where the mindset comes in because I tell my, like, you you self-sabotage. When things get hard, we just want it to feel good. So there's some, there's some mindset and inner work healing that needs to be done in order for us to overcome. Now, not everybody wants to do healing. There are always two sides of the, of the same coin. Because some people just want to feel good. And that's totally cool, too. We just have to know which one we're doing. Because sometimes healing doesn't feel good. So this is where the mindset work comes in because people may see regressions or digression or progression, regression, and just no improvement. Maybe they feel like they're getting worse. So who's supposed to support them in that? So are you talking about your patients or yourself? Like when you talk about the mind, yeah, when you talk about the, you know, the mindset, is it your own mindset? Like, do you get frustrated and think like, this is, this is not my path. This is not what I should be doing. Or is it that your patients are having, you know, regressing and not getting better and you're like, well, I'm not fucking helping them. Is it both? It's it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Because I get the self-sabotage mindset. Mm -hmm. So it it depends because like, I, I don't know because I'm not every human, but in my human experience, I do go through bouts of sadness where I'm like, I want, I want to give up. I just want something easier. Entrepreneurship isn't easy. Rebranding massage isn't easy because I don't like the spa has been closed for the last 28 days and I've been open because massage therapy is still allowed to practice. And then the spa opens and now they're fully booked. And I'm like, what the frick? I'm like, I'm a massage therapist. I've been open, but it's because of what I believe in and my values and my boundaries in my clinic. So the mindset to keep going with that, and not having client after client after client because that's what's easy. There comes a lot of inner growth with that too because I have to believe in myself because I have to know that I can do it and that this is the way, that movement is the way, and I have to follow my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to clients, they when they start getting down because they're not seeing immediate results, we got to figure out how to support okay. that mindset. You need a business coach. You need someone to – seriously – because I've got, I've, I just have a billion ideas coming through my head. You need someone because there's people that do exactly what you do and they have thriving practices. So it's not like you're the first person to think of this and you're having a hard time getting off the ground because no one works like this. This is so different, right? There's people that practice like this already. Okay. So, so you need a business coach. You need someone to help you develop a brand and put out that brand. From just hearing you talk, this is how I understand your practice to be. You will meet that person where they're at, no matter where they're at, no matter what type of belief system that they have, whether they are into energy or they're into biomechanical shit or they're into psychosocial shit, you'll meet them where they're at. And you're going to help them through all of that shit to get to a point where you can move and be free. Right. And so everybody that comes to you ultimately is going to hit this one peak of yes, you're 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 minimize your pain significantly and you move fucking awesome you've graduated you can go now 
And everyone that comes in is they don't leave until they get to that level. And you take them wherever they're at with whatever mindset they roll in with. You need a business coach to help you develop that and help you get that type of message out because you can have a billion people coming to you that want that. They'll just see that and go, holy fuck, that's exactly what I want. You know what? My massage therapist gives me only a piece of that. My physio gives me a piece of that. My chiro gives me a piece of that. My personal trainer gives me a piece of that. My naturopath gives me a piece of that. You get it. You give it all and you know you know when I've graduated. I, I want yeah. I want to go there. You need a business coach. Yeah, thank you. He's flexing his muscles right now because he's like, yeah. You know what the but funny he, thing is? He literally dropped the mic and flexed his muscles. You know what the funny <laughs> thing is? It would be if I completely mis- misinterpreted what I feel it sounds like the practice is No, I, I don't think I went you, on that. I don't that think you did funny, misinterpret. As I said, the more we've talked to Lindsay tonight, I'm realizing how... Like how well-rounded you are as a therapist. And I'm, I'm seeing your vision. You know, you're just thinking that you don't want to be just the piece of the puzzle. You don't just want to be the person who massages and then they go to the Cairo and then they go to the physio and then they, you want to be the person that somebody can come to and you're like, I get you. And let's figure out what we need to do to get you where you need to be. And I assume at some point, if you need to refer, you're going to refer. Like you'd mentioned working closely with a naturopath. And I'm sure if you recognize like, okay, this is outside of my capability or outside of my scope, you'll refer. But I like the fact that you, you know, you want to be able to take a person and help them with their, like you said, in your whole tagline, your mind, their mind, their body, their movement, like you want all of it to just flow nicely together and help people to be living a little bit uh, better than they are right now. To their full potential, because they can. (laughs) I'm even working closely with um, two registered holistic nutritionist mm-hmm. and one of them's a raw food chef who cooked for tom brady for see, 10 years see and then this is this is why this is perfect for the brand you even have a network of people yeah to refer to because if you if what i'm saying resonates with you and you can't get everything through me don't worry i got the contacts for you and i mean anyone who cooked for tom brady is good enough for me because apparently food is magic yep. for that guy follow her at uh, at the healing cuisine nice on instagram i'll do that but then i'll just i'll just really eat pizza and cake and Anyway, so I'll follow oh. though. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, the thing. Is, like it's pie. always good to know because once you have a client who's, oh, I'm just turned vegan, you can go, oh, I just saw this awesome recipe. Yeah, it's true. I yeah. I like it. I like what you're doing, and. I, it's funny because, as I said, at the beginning of the episode, I thought we were going to be talking about rebranding massage therapy throughout the industry, but that's not what you're you're looking to do. You want to make sure that people understand that, yes, you're a massage therapist by by trade, but you do so much more. You want to rebrand yourself. You need to create this expectation of uh, what it is that you offer and be able to attract clients who, as Mark said, just want exactly that. They want to be able to come to you and get all the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's just how, um, so I've been massaging this one client for, I don't know, six months now. And then she just came in one day, super exhausted, fell on the floor. Well, she didn't fall on the floor. I actually asked her to, all right, sit down, knees up. And I meditate five minutes before each client. They don't have to. I ask, are you okay with the body scan meditation? I'll take you through it for five minutes and then we'll get you on the table. And then most of the time they say yes, because it's it's nice to lie there and listen to someone talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a client. Um, I didn't, shouldn't say had. I still have her. She is still a client. But um, she's been a client of mine for, I'm going to say, about five years. And 
we've always sort of done the same thing. I, you know, I'll be the first to admit I probably got complacent because she was one of the people that, yeah, we could have dug deeper to find the root of the problem and I could have gave her more exercises, but she was kind of the person that kind of laid it out for me. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do your exercises. Like, I just like to come in and get a massage on my neck and shoulders where I'm, you know, chronically in pain because of the job I do in my lifestyle. I'm like, okay, cool. So she would come yeah. in every, you know, three, four weeks, I'd massage her back, neck and shoulders. And, you know, we'd call it a day and she'd get off the table and be like, I feel amazing. And then one day we were just chatting and I was like, do you ever wonder why you're so tense? Like, yes, I understand you have a physical job, but so do like, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of other people and their muscles don't feel like this. Like, do you ever wonder why you feel like this all the time? And she's like, I don't know, I guess I've always been like this. And I suggested to her, I said, for your next treatment, would you be open to us doing something slightly different? You know, maybe less of me digging my elbows into your traps and maybe more, um, you know, maybe a slower, gentler technique. And we'll start it with a body scan. And she was like, interesting. Yes, I would yeah. be open to it. So I did something completely different on her next visit. And we did start it with the body scan. And when she got off the table that day, she was like, holy fuck. Like, literally, that's what she said to me. She just went, holy fuck. She's like, that was amazing. I feel so good right now. And I was like, okay, maybe we just need to start exploring different things for you. And even just that one, that one treatment with me where we did something different has at least opened her up to, she doesn't need to just come see me every three weeks and get the same massage. We can do different things. And I got her to yes. start exercising. She's doing yoga. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's just people just, people aren't living in their bodies. So that's why there's so much pain. That's why they keep trying these different things. And this is like, this is what I learned about my meditation practice. We are not the physical body. We are the mind in it perceiving human experience so whatever we decide is painful if we decide that we're going to keep reminding ourselves that it's there then it's going to continue to be there if we label ourselves as i'm this or i can't do that because of this we're going to stay there so i always now talk about pain i say can we look at pain as a sensation it's not a good or bad sensation and get curious about it ask it why is it there? And then you understand and then breathe and see if it changes. See if you can breathe into it. So really bringing people back into their body. It's amazing that you did that with her because now she's open. And mm -hmm. that, that's, that's the human experience. If, if we're aware of consciousness at all, that's the human experience. So, yeah, we can treat pain in so many different ways. So there, there's obviously a difference between acute and like obviously the ruptures and the rips and the tears and things like that. But chronic pain, your body shouldn't hurt continuously the same way months over months over months, no matter if you're active or not. Well, that's the thing is if you're not active, you're going to be in pain. But if you're super active, you should you should figure out how to biohack your body and your system so that you can perform to your greatest potential without burnout. And I think most people really, if they ask themselves, know that most people who deal with chronic pain know that I'm sitting beside a chronic pain sufferer right now. They know that 
Um, yeah. But then it, again, it comes to meeting the person where they are. Some people who who deal with pain on a daily basis, um, you know, pain is normal and they do learn to live with it. And I'm, I'm not saying it's necessarily a great thing, but there are some people who have come to accept it and know themselves well enough to know, I don't want to put in that much effort. Mm -hmm. This doesn't affect my life that much. I can function and I'm just going to keep going. And, you know, as the therapist, sometimes you want to like shake them and say like, no, there's more you can do or more I can do. And sometimes it's hard to be like, okay, well then we'll just do what you want to do then. Yeah. So here's the thing. And then with those clients who have accepted that they're going to be in pain for the rest of their lives or however they want to live, Totally. Meet them where they're at. Adjust your treatment plan so you're not straining yourself because you know that this person's coming back. Whether or not they feel amazing or not feel amazing, they're going to come back. Adjust your treatment plan so it's effective and good for you. And then just meet them where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask you a question? Most of your patients or clients right now, male or female, just out of curiosity? Um, surprising. So I have, um, I have a few just strictly... But my movement clients are mostly men mm. and my my massage and movement clients are women. That is surprising. I would I thought it would have been I thought reversed. it would have been reverse, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel men, like I feel like men are more um more apt at pushing through things that hurt. Oh my god, I have had the exact opposite experience. Like hundred percent. I literally always joke about how I feel like every, like I treat a lot of couples. I very much have like a family practice. I'm my, my office where I treat is like really close to residential neighborhoods. So I like, I have a lot of families. I'll treat like the mom, the dad, the grandma, the son, the daughter, like everybody. And I always joke with my male clients like who are like, ow, 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 it hurts. I'm like, your wife doesn't think so. Like you guys are, you guys are big babies. <laughs> like, your wife doesn't think so. <laughs> now we're talking, we're talking pain tolerance is different. So no, no, I know what you mean. But I mean, even though when it comes to um, the willingness to do the home care and whatever, I feel like my female clients are like gung ho, like I want to get better. And oh, majority wow. of like the males are like, Eh, whatever. I, I say majority. Like I have some male clients who, you know, are very, very active in their treatment plans, but I really do feel it's the opposite where I have like the women who are like, tell me what to do and I will do it and I will find time to do it and I will make it happen. No, it's completely opposite for me. Oh, that's so funny. Thornberry. <laughs> so if you treat a lot of couples, my question would be how much influence does the wife have on the husband getting a massage? A ton. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's times where I'm working at the spa and couples come in and the guy's like, I don't even want to be here. I was like, oh, okay. Because his wife is like, I'm sick of hearing you fucking talk about how much your back hurts. So just <laughs> come with me to my fucking therapist, okay? Just stop yeah. it. Just shut up. In some cases, shut it's up, been. <laughs> in some cases, it's been like the husband who refers the wife. But yeah, majority of the time, it's like I'll start treating a woman and then she's like, I need to bring my husband to you. And it's actually funny. I have this one couple that I treat and I think it was the husband that came first. And uh, so I was working on him and he, you know, he actually had some issues that needed to be worked on. And it's funny that we're having this conversation today because he had this expectation of massage. He just happened to like Google me. So there, he had no expectations of me as a therapist. He just sort of Googled like massage therapist in my neighborhood and I came up and that's how he, he came to be a client of mine. And so our first, 
appointment, I went through, you know, all of my interview, I did my assessments and, you know, we did the treatment and we didn't really have so much time for the exercise piece at the end because the first appointment, like by the time I get through all the assessments and everything and get them on the table. So I had said to him, like, I want you to come back within like five to seven days because, you know, we really just scratched the surface today. Plus there's, you know, all of these exercises I want to do with you. And I'm I'm going through all of this. And he kind of looks stunned. And I realized like, oh, like, am I, am I going too fast for this first time client? And he said, he goes, I like, I've never had this experience with the massage therapist. He's like, you know, I usually come in with my shoulder pain and I get a massage and I go home. He's like, I've never had anybody like go through everything so thoroughly and like assess other parts of my body as well. Like they've always just really focused on my shoulders. Like, oh, okay, interesting. So anyway, he was my first, you know, he was the first of the family to come see me. I'm probably at about our like fourth or fifth treatment, you know, now where we're making some progress on his shoulder and things are good. He's like, I want to bring my wife to you because she's got a lot of issues with um, with her low back. He goes, but I'm afraid to bring her. So what do you mean you're afraid to bring her? He said, well, like I know what we do and it's, I feel like she wouldn't be able to handle it. Like it would be too aggressive for her. And I said, well, listen, like the way I work with you and the way I work with her would be completely different. You know, like I, that's, that's part of what I do. You know, I'm a professional. I'm going to assess her and see what she needs. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to treat her the same way I treat you. You guys are different bodies. You're different people. You're going to have different concerns. So don't be afraid. If she wants to come in, I'll, you know, I'll be happy to see her. And he's like, oh, okay. Cause you know, I think she would cry, you know, if, when she gets her, her low back starts hurting and she asked me to massage her, you know, within two minutes, she's screaming and telling me it hurts too much. So I don't know. I don't know what you're going to be able to do with her. I'm like, okay, just send her in. So anyway, his wife is now a regular client of mine and uh, yeah, she doesn't scream. She doesn't even flinch when I'm working on her whatsoever. So bodies are amazing. Maybe she just hates the way her husband is Yeah, talking. maybe she doesn't like his treatment. Right? <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, she, no, she's like, oh, that hurts. Oh, oh that stoned. hurts. Stop who, it. Who, 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 but, yeah. yeah, but anyway, in that, in that scenario, actually, it was, um, it was the husband that first came to me and he is like, yes, they're both regulars of mine now, but he is so dedicated to getting better. So this is one of the few where it's the man who's like, he's so dedicated to getting better. He does, he does all the exercises I give him. He, you know, he's, he's very on top of his care. Whereas in her case, she's got three kids. Her mother lives with her. Like she's, she's busy. And I feel like every time I see her, we're starting from scratch. Yeah. And that's no fun. Does she feel like that? Does she feel like she's starting from scratch all the time? Uh, yeah. She tell like when she texts me to book an appointment, she's like, hi there. I know I was supposed to come four weeks ago, but I just finally got a break in my schedule. And then like she'll joke to me about, you know, how she doesn't take care of herself and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, there's kind of sadness in the jokes, though, because I don't I don't like it's not a joke. You know, she really recognizes that she doesn't put the time in for herself because she's taking care of three kids, a husband and a mother. And she's exhausted. Yeah, that's tough. Is there anything else you want to know from Lindsay? I feel like, as I said, that we started this conversation and I didn't realize where it was going to go. And I don't think any of us realized where it was going to go, which makes for a very interesting, <laughs> very interesting night. This was so good, though. I think, I think a lot of things really came to surface tonight. Like, one, you are a very well-rounded and holistic therapist, and that's not what I was expecting. Based on, like I said, the two seconds we talked before recording when we. Were 
were talking about rebranding massage, but I think Mark is correct. And you could have like a crazy, booming, thriving business with, you know, maybe just a little nudge. Maybe you do need to get a business coach, even just to give you the, like, the person to be the sounding board to get your ideas off the ground and start really rebranding what you do. Cause I think a lot of people would be, would be attracted lot, to it. A like a lot I of people. I guarantee you based on this episode, we're going to get a ton of messages or a ton of emails or a combination mm-hmm. of the two saying, Oh my God, that, that made so much sense to me. That's the way I want to work. Or I never thought of that before. We're going to get so much feedback on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've actually been looking for a business coach and I'm trying to find someone who will work with me. There's this one girl that I'm trying to reach out to. I've been part of all these communities. I have been working on branding myself. It's only been since July. So this is a phenomenal opportunity right now. Thank you for this. I I really do think you just need a little bit of of a nudge to to get yourself rebranded in a way and get people to understand who you are and what you do and yeah you're I mean it's only been since July I feel like by this July your practice is just going to be booming oh my goodness I hope so like there's people that pay good money for yoga classes and meditation work and all of like they they pay for all these pieces that there's no coverage for they yeah. pay out of pocket for it so yeah. and and you can give that all to them and it's and it, it, it's it's therapy and yep. it's, it's covered like this is a this is a no-brainer yeah. to me yep if i'm under the correct impression um we can write virtuals are covered by insurance now I don't know. I have to look into that. This question comes up and I think it gets it gets misinterpreted. Can you do virtual stuff as a massage therapist? In other words, are there parts of the massage therapy scope of practice in Ontario that can be done virtually? And the answer is yes, right? And yeah. so the college recognizes that, yeah, some parts of the scope of practice can be done virtually. And therefore, we allow that to happen as the governing body. No extended healthcare provider, no extended healthcare insurance plan is going to pay for a massage, a, a quote unquote massage therapy treatment that was delivered in a virtual format. So yeah. no one is going to get, no one is paying for this is the problem, right? And people that pay for it, they're paying out of pocket. Why does it appear on TELUS Health now? See, I don't do any virtual I'm, therapy. I'm just, I'm just assuming because it's under the scope of practice. And if you do that as a massage therapist, you have to indicate it on your receipts. Right, you can't do virtual care and not yeah. not, not put that on your receipt. I'm like that's why super, has it. Doesn't I'm mean super the curious go- right now, and like I would lo- love one of my clients just to be my guinea pig to say like, can we just do a virtual session? There's a possibility your insurance won't cover it because there is a tick box now where you have to. Uh, indicate whether the appointment was done virtually Virtually. in person at the clinic or at the patient's location i mean that might be just universal for any any provider that that's on the telehealth platform it just might be part of the form not specific for massage therapy but even if that's the case like i said if you're issuing virtual care you have to itemize that on the receipt so yeah and yeah absolutely it's within our scope of practice you know as long as if you've created a treatment plan and a certain percentage of that treatment plan is exercise therapy can you do that virtually of course you can so it's you know it's 100 percent within our scope whether or not the extended coverage is going to cover it well that's a different story (laughs) no way man there's already insurance companies like we said before that are that 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 want to take massage off their plans anyway. Green Shield. Right? <clears throat> Whatever. Whichever ones, right? They're, you know. So there's no way that's happening. Yeah, probably not. Fucking insurance, man. <laughs> we love to hate them. We hate to love them. It's <laughs> weird because the, I, don't, I, I mean, that, this is where 
this is where the association comes in, right? This is where the association has to has to kind of step in and try to get some of these changes with the insurance companies to make someone's massage money get back to them when their policy says that they should have it back to them. Like yeah. If, yeah. If, if our college only requires us on a receipt to have our name, our registration number, um, our HST number if we collected, our signature, the patient's name, the date of the treatment and the duration of the treatment and the cost of the treatment, then why is the insurance company withholding reimbursement of someone because I didn't include address, yep. which is not even a requirement for me? I actually had a client come back to me because their address was not on my receipt. And I'm like, why the fuck? Exactly. Do I need to, so, like, your really, name is there. Why do I need to put your address there? So, so every an insurance company is looking every way possible to get out of paying a claim. They see a virtual massage come across their desk. Like, fuck this. I'm looking for ways to not pay back an actual massage in person someone's hands on oh boy yeah we had we have a an episode coming out soon about insurance insurance to me is something that we all have it we all like to an extent we need it depending on your lifestyle and you know what types of insurance you need but a lot of people have very negative feelings about it because you well you know when you try to actually make a claim and get money that is supposed to be rightfully yours it's like according to my policy it's mine yeah, it's like fucking yeah. pulling teeth. It's ridiculous. Well, and then there's something I noticed in correlation to that, too, because like if you look at those who pay for massage out of their own pocket, they're more likely more invested into their health than those. A hundred percent. And I have one last question for you. Sometimes you doubt yourself. Sometimes you think, fuck, am I in the right industry? And you think you want out right now in the midst of this conversation. If you are looking five years in the future. What do you see? I definitely see myself. I, to be honest, I don't think I'll be in the profession of massage therapy. I'm As shocked. Therapist, I'll most likely have RMTs, and I feel like I'll be working one-on-one -on -one with clients, more of like a lifestyle slash guide or coach of some type, movement coach or whichever. Okay. And then the massage therapists that I hire alongside me, I hope, are those who follow the same kind of mindset like-minded rmts who who get movement so i'm creating a place where you get your treatment and then you also get the one-on-one -on -one and we will all offer our own skill so kind of i don't know that's what i see right now so you are a real she's, entrepreneur she's going to become a body coach yeah like, what's a body coach I don't know what a body coach is. I just put those two words together right now. But you're, yet I understood it. You're going to be a body coach. Yeah. yeah I like yeah. it. Is that a thing? I don't know. I should it will that, be a thing. I should have looked Lindsay, that up before Lindsay will be the body coach. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious though if that's we actually will, a thing. We will have a follow-up episode when Lindsay has gotten her business off the ground and has all these RMTs working for her that are like-minded, that share the philosophy when it comes to movement. And, you know, she's got this booming practice that's sort of a one-stop shop for people who want healing of mind, body, someone, and want movement. Google body coach. I want to know if that's actually a term. <laughs> Do it yourself. <laughs> I can't. My, my equipment's being used. And for the record, is it, it is not a term. <sighs> there is a, there's an app called body coach and any, anything you Google with the terms body coach, it all takes you to personal training websites, high intensity interval training. It's 
that's what people are considering body coach. So that's it. Lindsay, you are going to rebrand. You're going to be a body coach. Because when you were talking, I started thinking like life coach, but life coach already has a connotation to it. I'm like, no, you deal with the body. You deal with people, the body movement. You're but she body also coach. deals with people's minds. Yes, I understand that. I understand that. No, but, but I, I like the body coach it's thing. A, it's a body coach because the bottom, it comes down to movement. And it's a foundational, it would be a foundational program. So it's not something that you have to grasp onto life. I'm not saying stop everything that you love doing and do this. It's take a break from everything that you're doing that's causing you pain. Lindsay, the body coach. And this totally goes back to that primal movement, right? This is where MoveNet comes in. I think I have to bill you for this. (laughs) I love it. And I'm so excited for when this actually becomes becomes reality for you and we can do another episode and we could talk about remember when a couple of years ago we were just joking around about you being a body coach and then you really are <laughs> well why don't we do this why don't we do this uh why don't you give out your contact info if you want or your social platforms whatever it is that someone if they're listening right now and they're like yeah well let's let's talk let's get together maybe we can help you out maybe we can have a, a relationship here and they can get in contact with you why don't you do that oh my god that's amazing thank you um, so my Instagram is at mindbody underscore move and um, Facebook mindbodymove. You can reach me at lindsay at mindbody-move.com. And my website is www.mindbody-move.com. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Right on. This was good. This was a really interesting conversation that had a lot of twists and turns and I, and I dig it. I started off aggressive then in retrospect, didn't I? <laughs> you know what? It's because you didn't go to work today. Mark never doesn't go to work. You had a lot of pent up energy that you needed to get out today. <laughs> honestly, I value that. I honestly, it, it gives a lot of integrity to who you are to just be open with it because I know what, what aggression is. <laughs> I've been there. I hear you. Right on. This has been fun. You guys have been living to, <laughs> you guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace. I'm living. <laughs> you L-I-V-I-N. are L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> Living.